Welcome to Escalade Ada. Hey everybody, and welcome to another Sunday night, yet another week in the bag. It's me, Lady Ada, at my desk. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. Hello. Thanks for uh, running this thing. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff going on this week. Some new stuff, some revisions of old stuff, some stuff is getting lost, some stuff is getting revisited. Uh, first up, I do want to mention, if you wanted Feather RP2040s, we made a whole bunch on Friday night. So go and pick them up. Scroll around. Scroll around. We're scrolling. Yeah. So um, oh, I'm I'm logged in as a reseller. So you see reseller pricing or discount pricing. But yeah. um, we are letting people pick up as many as ten. Uh, they're in stock. There's lots in stock, and we're also going to get some to distributors. Uh, we had our initial first run um, about a week and a half ago, and uh, there may be ago. no more by tomorrow. So may as well just. Go. Yeah, they they are they are going, but we do have some, so you don't have to like rush, rush, rush. Um, but uh, after our first initial run, we, we, we manufactured a whole bunch for the second run, and uh, so far so good. Um, so those, those are uh, in the shop. And speaking of RP2040, um, today I successfully uh, tested and finished the uh, Cutie Pie RP2040 design, um, which is, I think I've got the coming soon here. Um, so uh, a couple upgrades were made to it, uh, updated the flash memory to eight megabytes. Um, I finally found some Exxon eight by eight flash memory. Uh, I got some order, tested it, looks good. Um, I also got the, um, USB boot button to work as an input. So it's used for bootloader mode, but then after bootloader mode is completed, um, and you're launched into CircuitPython or Py Pico SDK, you can use it as an input button which is, you know, kind of poor taste, but, uh, you know, why not? Uh, let's stay punk rock here. Keep it punk. Yeah, one quick question. Is there any changes between the first run and the current run of the 2040 Feather? No, there's no changes. Um, we just wanted to make sure that there were no changes. Um, there are some ideas I have for a next revision, um, some very small changes. Again, you know, maybe making that um, USB boot button act as an input, um, maybe adding pull-ups to I2C pins, maybe changing the SWD. Um, to through hole, but these are not, nothing would change the functionality. It would just be adding um, or improving um, some experience stuff. But so far, people are seeming to like it. Uh, I'm also going to listen really closely here if there's any other feedback that comes in. Because it's a new chip. I'm learning about the RP2040, which is very exciting. Um, and so I'm getting ready to do more designs, you know, becoming more familiar with this chip so it's easier for me to manufacture with it. So let's, uh, let's go to the overhead and I'll show off the um let's see so this is the uh rp2040 cutie pie here's another one i've got you'll just show this um so it's super small it's got usb-c um it's got uh again like a uh, boot button reset button um stem qt connector over here let me grab my USB-C. I think this has a rainbow loaded onto it. Yeah, there you go. It's got a little NeoPixels is running my demo code. Um, you've got uh, power and uh, four analog pins and then nine GPIO pins total here. And then you have two more GPIO pins extra on the stomach UT connector. You get two I2C ports. And on the bottom, there's the chip. Uh, we've got um, eight megabyte flash QSPY uh, crystal. And, um, uh, you know, Bill B asked me to put a little jumper so you can short USB to 5 volts, and I did. Uh, so that's not for most people you want to have that diode protection. But if you want to back power USB because you want it to be a USB host, you can do that too. 
Um, for the Feather, there's a Rev B on GitHub and one with no Rev. Which one matches the current one that we're shipping? The, the current one is the Rev B. Okay. Yeah, I think. And then I think someone requested pull-ups pull for I squared C. I don't know which board they were. I, for the Feather, I can do it. For the um, QT, there's no space, so I, I can't. Um, but, you know, you might also want to use it for something else. So, um, you know, maybe you want pull-ups, maybe you want pull-downs. So the Feather, I might add them, but here's the thing, all of our I2C breakouts have pull-ups on them. And it's also, while the Raspberry Pi itself has pull-ups on I2C, most Arduino boards don't. It's actually a little bit unusual, unless they have onboard sensors. So that's why I tend not to put them on there. Um, but maybe I will, we'll see if... if okay, and you went with USB-C on that? On the, on the Cutie Pie, yeah. The Cutie Pies get uh, USB-C. That's, right. kind of that's kind of their And their Feather deal. is... USB-C. USB-C. Why'd you go with that and not mini? Um, well, mini is definitely, you know, quite old at this point. Um, I don't, I definitely don't make any boards with mini. I do use micro sometimes, but, you know, a lot of people are starting to, to get USB-C. You know, it's reversible. It's kind of nice. You've got this way and then you can reverse it and you got it that way. It is a nice uh, connector. Um, not had any problems with it. Um, it's, it seems to be reliable. It's a little tougher to solder. It's a little more expensive. Um, it's a teeny bit bigger than micro USB. There's a few cases where I want to maintain compatibility, like Circuit Playground Expresses. If I'm making Circuit Playgrounds, I'm going to have only micro B. Why? Because the case only fits the micro B, and I don't want to like redo the case. Um, so for, for those, I use micro B, because there's still a lot of micro B people and capable in the world. But uh, for new boards, you know, USB-C uh, seems to work and fine. And uh, here's it running. Um, you know, Circuit Python, and uh, I've got this like cool round rect display that I picked up. Let's see. That's a screen protector on there, by the way. That's not how the screen looks. No, I know, but hold on, it's not it's not coming up, and I wonder what happened. Oh, there you go. That's weird. Um, so this is a uh, rounded rect. Oh, you know what? There's probably like a loose loose connector and I keep hitting it. Hold on, maybe set. Okay, so this is a rounded rect display. So you see this like rounded, it's, it's rounded rectangle output, but it just means it's cutting off, you know, pixels that are in the corner. Uh, I think these are used for like low cost watches. It's an SPI ST7789 display. Um, it's 280 by 240, so I'm just designing a breakout for it. Um, so far, so good. You know, it's it's kind of cute because it's got like this. You know, it's rounded rectangles. Who doesn't love rounded rectangles? Um, but you just have to be careful because, like, you know, you, you have to avoid putting things in the corner because, of, of course, they'll they'll get cut off. Because it's like the screen is still there. It's just it's just blacked out. So like, in theory, a bezel would do this too. But um, I guess you know you you do have here. It looks like this it probably continues. But over in the corner, you get a nice rounded corner here. That's kind of nice. And then, yeah, if you, if you have the REPL running, you know, you see it just, it just cuts off the pixels in the, the corners. So, you, you know, you only get like a little bit of the prompt here. Kind of interesting. But that was my demo, just running the, the Cutie Pie and, and trying it out. Um, but, you know, it seems to, seems to work pretty fine. I just have to like figure out what my soldering is doing over here that's making this so sad. But um, that's a new screen I got and I put it, breakout together for it. And then I'm experimenting also with, um, you know, for I2C devices, we have the STEMI QT connector, right? This four pin, 
you know, power ground SEL, SDA, but for SP, SPI devices like e-inks and screens and SD cards, you know, I thought it could be nice to have a StemIQT-like thing, but for SPI. And um, Phil and I chatted and I said, well, should we have like a cable or a flex display? Or like a, uh, sorry, a flex cable or like a, like a PicoBlade cable. And I kind of like thought about it. We're like, well, there's so many pins. A PicoBlade cable actually would be like, it would start getting a little like spaghetti. And then we noticed that DF Robot was using these um, flex cables on their displays. These are 18 pin FPC cables. They're nice and slim and they have plenty of pins. Um, so we're going to start adding them to our displays too. We're going to make, we're going to use the same pin out because they did a good job. So like, I'm going to just do what they did and make it compatible. Uh, rather than trying to come up with my own thing. And um, so, you know, this could plug into like a, you know, a feather maybe or a Raspberry Pi, the flex cable on the other side. And then you wouldn't have to do all the wiring because there's so many pins on SPI displays. By the time you get the backlight and like the SD card and if there's a touch controller, there's just so many pins. Um, having, a, you know, a standard cable would be cool. And then you could use any display with any of our driver boards. So I think that'll be something we start doing. But... Um, this would be probably the first display to come with that. So rounded rectangle displays, and then uh, our current name that we think we're going to call this is iSpy. Yeah, calling it iSpy. iSpy. Yeah. Okay. Like the, an eyeball, like I. Because you're looking at yeah, stuff. iSpy. Displays. It's all about displays SPIs. with SPI. That's right. iSpy. Um, more news on my desk. This has been on my desk for a while. The IMX RT 1011 Metro, and uh, it's actually like a year now. Uh, but so is the Braincraft. That took a year, too. Uh, some boards just, just some boards need to marinate a little longer. Uh, the good news is that we're actually getting back to this. Um, we kind of actually, we were like getting ready to do it in, in December, like November, December. We started kind of gearing up to, um, we added some support to CircuitPython for the IMX chips. And we were um, working on the bootloader and getting the bootloader, you know, TDFU, TDUF2 is sized and all that and then you know we kind of got this email from the pi foundation saying hey there's this new chip we're releasing do you want to get in on it and that kind of like blew away like two or three months uh all, all good but basically you know december january and february were, were taken up by the rp2040 which is cool i mean cutie pie feathers more to come circuit python support's great um and we want you know the, the pico board of course there's you know now over a hundred thousand of them in people's hands so we kind of diverted our attention a little bit to, to that launch. Um, but now that the RP2040 is actually doing quite well and we feel like it's a very solid position, we're kind of turning around and going back to the IMX. So this is the first IMX board, the, the Cortex-M7 running at 500 megahertz. It's very speedy. It only has about 120 kilobytes, 128 kilobytes of RAM. And a bunch of that is used by the cache because it uses QSPY memory, a lot like the RP2040, uh, which is you know co coincidental. But um, as these chips get more powerful, you you do see off chip you know execute in place more often because people need a variety of different flash memory sizes. Um, so instead of baking it in, you have it externally. Also, if you have a lot of RAM, you can just put the instruction cache in RAM, and and it's it's nearly as fast as um, having it on flash, but a lot cheaper. Uh, so this one has 128k of RAM. It's not tons, but you know we we got it to do a bunch of Wi-Fi projects in CircuitPython. You're able to do it. Um, you can because you have a huge flash memory. You can put a bunch of libraries in Flash um, instead of uh, loading them into RAM off off disk. So it's got uh, Airlift, um, 
SPI, you know, to Wi-Fi and Bluetooth LE. You've got SWD, you got a simple power supply, on-off switch, Arduino, Uno size, and, you know, pin out. There's lots of pins, so plenty of pins. Uh, SteMQT connector, NeoPixel, and um, again, USB-C. Maybe I'll see. I don't know what demo this is running. I don't think it's running any demo. I think I was just messing around with it. But um, we, we, we've got the USB bootloader going, so that's good. Um, there's also boot flag pins here, so you can always use a command line utility to load code. There's a ROM bootloader, but you have to kind of like, it's, it's not trivial to use. You have to use a little tool um, to load code. And then after the RT1011, we're going to do the RT20, which is, you know, kind of the same, but um, has like twice as much RAM. And I think it has like a couple more peripherals. I think it maybe has like CAN bus, for example. Uh, so that shouldn't be too difficult because um, it's just like a little bit more and the chip's a little bigger. And then we're going to take the leap from there to um, RT50 and the RT60. And those are maybe familiar to people because they're used in the TNC4 series. So we're going to have, you know, probably a Metro and a Feather with these chips running CircuitPython. And um, hopefully we'll get some of the support for the really cool advanced peripherals uh, that come with those. Um, there's a TFT, there's cameras. Uh, these have a high-speed USB, which is like really sweet. We can start doing high-speed USB stuff like audio and video um, within CircuitPython. So this is going to be a very interesting um, family of, of chips from NXP that we're going to be exploring. Starting with the RT1011, you know, we're going to start small and then build our way up um, until we get to the 1060 or the 1070. Once you get to the 1070, it's basically like a, a Raspberry Pi Zero. It's running like a gigahertz and it's got like, you know, some ridiculous amount of RAM and um, it's a very powerful processor. But then again, that's kind of fun. Maybe we can make a board that can run Linux or CircuitPython, right? That could be kind of neat. Um, so stay tuned for that, especially folks who, who like the IMX series. Um, we'll, we'll be adding support for all of these, uh, all these chips soon. I mean, we actually have quite pretty, yeah, I'm surprised the support we have is quite good, but, uh, we'll be adding more. I think this week, uh, PWM IO and, uh, UART if we haven't done it, but we already have like SPI and I squared C and analog inputs. Um, a lot of stuff is already working. So, so good stuff. So that's the IMX. Any questions about IMXs? Uh, doesn't look like any questions. Okay, cool. Um, but I'll just say this. Um, USB-C. Yeah, I think it's neat that you can um, be part of a cool open source hardware and software community where all this stuff gets published. And also you see the and hear about the roadmap of uh, a complete product line we're doing. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it, what's interesting I is don't like... don't recall another show like it. We, we actually, I tell you exactly what we're working on. It's like, you know, people are like, why didn't this get done? I'm like, the RP2040 came out and like, basically that took up a bunch of our time. So I mean, I'm just checking my list because I want to make sure. So we got to the IMX. Um, okay, the RB2040. Okay, so let's talk about um, more mechanical keyboard stuff next. So next on mechanical keyboards is um, we, we've got some stuff coming on the way, including these adorable... Oh, wait, hold on. Let me get the, the key. I got this, these adorable little um, keep, keep caps that are like little silicone pads, but they're like little... Their feet, they're like a rubber cat feet. So um, these and other cute keypads. So just you know, testing out different uh, um, mechanical keys. And this is going to be the first breakout we have. Is going to be just for one key to use in a, a breadboard, and then we'll build on that. Um, you know, talking with some folks about 
maybe making it easy to add a bunch of keys using I squared C. So we thought, okay, well maybe four keys is kind of a good number. And this is a um, uh, this is a seesaw board. So this is using a SAMD09 as an I squared C converter. Um, you know, folks who who know we've we've done. Uh, you know, we did a four by four Neo trellis, you know, elastomer encoder, elastomer um, keypad with um, NeoPixels in it. And so, you know, this is not too unusual. It's like instead of elastomer keypad, we're just using mechanical keys. So this will uh, have sockets. So this one is like socketed, so you can, you can plug in uh, your favorite types of MX compatible keys. It has NeoPixels for each key. Uh, the NeoPixels are the wrong way. They'll be pointing up and not down, but uh, that's okay. We have A, we're getting there. And right now it's just running an I squared C to NeoPixel demo. And uh, so the next thing I have to do is get uh, the, this key switch inputs. And uh, something went wrong with my compiler and I got a, I don't know, I updated my compiler to ARM GCC 11 or something. The last time I compiled this code was I think GCC 9. Uh, something changed, probably I have a bug, and uh, it got kind of papered over with an earlier GCC and maybe some uninitialized memory or something, so I have to figure out why um, it's not working with a modern compiler, but I think I will be able to do that. And then you'll be able to uh, chain these together, read inputs, blink the NeoPixels to underlight the keys, and you can make like, you know, simple, uh, you know, mechanical keyboards, not, you know, full keyboard, obviously, but you want to make a little control surface, you could, you could use this uh, to craft that. And then, you know, we can also have uh, maybe one with rotary encoders and one with um, uh, potentiometers. So I think that could be kind of fun. We make little, you know, plug and play um, stackable interface boards. Fun. Blinky. Cutie. And then lastly, um, Okay, yeah. So lastly, um, I, you know, we showed off the Neo Trinky a few weeks ago. It's actually going to the store soon. And so we, Phil and I were thinking about um, other animals that live in the uh, Trinky species. Trinkyverse? Collection. The Trinkyverse. The Trinkiverse. Trinkiverse. Um, so there's Neo Trinky, and then we were thinking about Rotary Trinky. And this is actually because we saw Toddbot kind of basically put a rotary encoder on a, on a cutie pie. And I was like, oh yeah, that would be kind of useful if it was just USB to rotary encoder. Um, so this is, you know, this is, it's not a correct thickness PCB, so I soldered onto the USB connector, but it's a USB-A and uh, it just goes to a rotary encoder and that's it. You know, there's a, there's a NeoPixel on the bottom and uh, this is a rotary encoder with, um, you know, a knob and uh, it can also be a switch. Yeah, one thing we did on Boing Boing, there was a video post of the most possible scenes in Star Trek. Should universe. I go there? Should I go there? No. Um, How about we just go to the Ada for YouTube? Yeah, I think that's better. Yeah. Otherwise, there'll be YouTube issues. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, and what's neat is you can uh, advance frame by frame. Okay, so what's a good video YouTube. for me to, to do that um, with? Not really offhand. I would just pick one. And okay, let's go to this one. Yeah. And you, okay. Yeah, if you want to just like. Do that with like roll it back. Okay, so, you can see. so so what I've got here is this is an HID keyboard. It's just got Circuit Python code to act as. A, yeah, why don't you go to the computer and I'll I'll, I'll show what. what yeah, why don't you? So. Um, yeah, go back and forth. So. Hold on, let me see. This is a. Let me open up Notepad so I can. So what happens is that when I rotate this forward, it presses the period. 
And when I rotate it backwards, it presses the comma. And when I press the button, it makes a space. And those are actually um, YouTube um, like commands. Um, they're not. They're, they're just like actually just like key commands that let you uh, pause. So when I press the button, it paused. And then um, as I rotate the encoder, I can go forward frame by frame. And then I can like kind of go forward and back by rotating. So I'm like rotating the. Yeah, let me go to the overhead real quick. Uh, someone wants to know, does this show up as a generic HID device? Yeah, this is a keyboard. I mean, it's CircuitPython, so I just loaded our generic HID code into it. Um, so I also did a version that does volume up and down, but of course like, I'm not going to do that because I don't want audio to mess up our streaming. Cause it, What's cool is you can edit the code right directly on this yeah. device and change it to do anything you want. And so one of the things that we really like with Circuit Playground, um, sorry, Circuit Python. Yes, this um, is it. Which this also is... runs a Circuit Playground. Yeah. Is Circuit Python? Um, not only do you get USB with it, you get all these cool libraries. You get the ability for it to show up as a drive. You can use any IDE. But all of it is also keyboard. You can make it a keyboard. Yeah, so this is the... Um... Hold on, let me... Uh... I think it didn't like that I opened and closed the device. Uh-oh. Hold on. Let me try again. My computer has been very sad about what I've been doing to USB lately. Yeah, it's a little like, why are you plugging and unplugging things? Okay, so um, let me move this over here. Oops, right here. So, uh, so yeah, if you, you know, it, it's running CircuitPython as I press the button. And of course, it's, it's typing into the code area. But um, it's just running CircuitPython, so if you want to change what it presses like here i just have it press period and here i have it press comma and here i have it press space but you know you could customize it to you know volume or other key commands but it's just like all it is is like you plug it into usb and you get a little rotary encoder and that's it so i thought rotary trinky okay so part of the the rotor the, the trinky family um so as i was doing this uh we were talking about rotary encoders got different types of rotary encoders and I was like, oh yeah, that would make a great, uh, great search. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with DJ The great search okay. brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. We do these every single week. Lady Ada uses her superpowers of the DigiKey site to search for the things you need. This week is Rotary Encoder. Right, so this project here, uh, this is a little USB to Rotary Encoder doodad that I put together. Um, super fun for just, you plug it inside side of your laptop and you've got a little knob. Rotary Encoders are neat because they go all the way around, as you see here. Unlike potentiometers that only go, you know, from minimum to maximum, maybe 270 uh, degrees out of 360, uh, this can go round and round and round and round. There's a couple of trade-offs. One is uh, it's only relative. You, you don't know where it's pointing. It's got, this has a little pointer on it. But that pointer, this doesn't know where that pointer is pointing. All it knows is like it went left one, it went right one, or clockwise, counterclockwise, or witter shins, or whatever the opposite of witter shins is. And um, another thing is, is that it's not smooth. It's got little detents, or at least this one does. And, and you know, you can't hear it, but there's a little bit of like a tick tick every time I move it. It only moves a couple, uh, it only moves into certain 
orientations. It's not smooth like potentiometer. Um, another thing you can customize is how many of those little ticks, detents, there are per rotation. So this one has 24. I have like 24, but there's ones that do 12. There's ones that do more. 12 and 24 are kind of the most common though. Um, one thing that this rotary encoder has that is really nice is it's got a clicky switch built into it. So, um, you know, I can, you can see I'm pressing it. The hat goes down just a little bit, but it's a nice clicky switch. If you're an engineer and you have an oscilloscope, the, there's like 18 uh, rotary encoders on a scope. Um, this is the uh, D-shaft. Why is it called D-shaft? Because it's kind of like a D-shape. Uh, note that some rotary encoders have T18, they have knurled shafts. You gotta pick one or the other. Um, rotary encoders tend to have D and potentiometers tend to have T18. But you know, if you want to use a knob from a potentiometer and a rotary encoder or vice versa, just make sure that the um, knob matches the shaft because like, you can tell this is a D shaft, there's a, there's a D shape cut out. And then if you have a, a knurled or, or T18 style, it looks like a little star with uh, 18 splines on it. So just something to watch for. But we're gonna, we're gonna look for a very common rotary encoder. Again, we want one with detents. I like, I like the detents. Um, I want it to have the switch built in. I want it to have a D shaft and uh, I want it to have 24 um, detents per rotation. So to the DigiKey, let's go. Okay, so uh, let's search for encoder. So one thing to note, uh, encoder means a lot of things, a lot of encoders in electronics. So um, we do want the encoder category, but when you go here, you might be a little like, you know, like, oh my goodness, what, what are these things? What is this? This is not what I'm looking for. These are huge what what's going on these are you know um industrial encoders for motors and servos so just you know be aware like the same thing that you might use and, and twist and turn to to set your fm station or to um adjust your um the user interface for your oscilloscope is also used in motors to tell what the rotation and orientation is and they are different i mean they're, they're similar in concept but um, they're often one a lot more expensive and they're kind of huge and they sometimes use optical or absolute um, orientation or they're magnetic not mechanical we just want a simple mechanical encoder so the the way you know i mean you can scroll down and eventually maybe you'd find one but there's also i mean this is i don't know they, basically there's all these massive encoders but other than active we always like to pick active um what you want is called a so there's all these different types over here you see these types over here we want quadrature incremental or sometimes sometimes called incremental but in this case it's only it's called quadrature incremental what that means is there's two pins um and so they're you're like, wait, there's two pins, why is it quad? It's because each one can be high or low, and so you have four total states. Uh, two high or low for each switch, and there's two switches, two times two, four, quadrature. And incremental, because you, again, only know when you're turning counterclockwise or clockwise, you don't know the absolute location. Are there situations you want absolute, absolute encoders? Yes, they're not going to be a dollar or two, they're going to be quite expensive. Okay, so then um, let's click 
accept to apply all. Okay, now we're starting to see, okay, yeah, these are starting to look a little bit more like what we want. And there's, you know, a ton of um, different encoders, like this is a, you know, common style. Note, you see this one has the T18 knob. Um, I can't mouse over, but you know, you, if you look at the, the knob, it's got like knurls on it. Whereas if you look at this one, it's pretty clearly got the D shaft. It's a, it's a cut circle. Okay, so next up, uh, let's look for ones that are, you know, in stock right now. And, uh, okay, so we have a couple options here. Again, I want the built-in switch. You pay a little more for built-in switch, but I like it. So let's get the switch. And detents. I like detents too. So let's pick that. Um, next up, uh, there's, you know, two different orientations. You can have them stick out or you can have them stick up. Um, for this project, for the USB... Um, uh, rotary trinky. I want it this way, which is vertical. This is a right angle. So let's go vertical. Oh, what's users? Um, what is user selectable? Oh, because it got wires on it. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's fair. It is user selectable. Technically, that's true. Uh, but we want uh, we want vertical. Okay. Okay, so we got we're starting to pare down the options. I think. We have... Uh, What's the width in index? The width index? Not width as in wide. Width as in width index, I guess it's a... Width index. Sorry, where, where do you see that? I don't know. That was a question from the chat. Oh, sometimes... Um, well, I don't know exactly what they're referring to, but um, see how this one has a little bit of a, a nubbin? that sticks out to the right it's kind of like right at the right above the three pins there's a little bit of a nubbin that's often called the indexer like it's a little index nub and it helps seed it into like this one doesn't have that nubbin it's hard to explain what it is but you'll know when you see it oh this is kind of cool this one is a uh, translucent you can have uh, led shine through i don't see i don't see others with a nubbin but okay so let's uh sorry Gotta get back to thing. Okay, next up, pulses per revolution. Again, you can choose how many. Note that there's a bunch of options, but really there's only like 12 and 24. Those are, those are I, I don't really see a lot with others. So let's do that. Um, okay, looking good. And then um, rotational life. You'll pay more for rotational life as expected. Uh, you know, it, it sort of depends on whether, you know, how often people are going to be tweaking the thing, uh, do the math on, you know, expected use per day. I will say that, um, you know, my, my old oscilloscope, not this one, but uh, the selector knob for the first channel, the yellow channel, um, did, the rotary encoder did eventually die because I was using it, you know, maybe like an hour a day up to, I'd be, I'd be setting the scale for the first channel. And eventually it, uh, it did get really flaky. And so, you know, I now have to kind of just hold it in the right way when I twist it. Uh, hopefully I'll, I'll replace it. Maybe one of these Descalatiators, I'll, I'll do that. Um, okay, next up. Uh, so we don't want knurled end. We want flatted. I don't remember the diameter, but I'm going to just pick these two. I don't want the illuminated, although that's like super cool. Maybe some other day. And then... Um, at this point, I'm kind of like, nothing else really matters. I, you know, oh, I want mechanical for sure. Let me pick mechanical. Optical, um, extremely reliable, more expensive. They use optical switches. And then 
let's just uh, sort by price. And you know, you can see that you can get ones with kind of like this little stubby uh, or you know, slightly stubby or longer um, shafts. Uh, this one has a panel mount screw, so you see it's threaded. Whereas this one does not. It just depends on what you want it to look like. If you have it sticking out of a, a panel, you don't want those threads because it could not look so great. Um, but you know, this one is, is inexpensive and, and you know, maybe I would pick this one to start. Um, price is about a dollar and it goes down to about 60 cents in quantity. And uh, it looks fine. Uh, so you'll see it's got the three pins here. Um, those are the switches, so there's a common and then A and B are used as the uh, rotational detection and then up here is the separate switch the switch when you uh, press into the shaft it closes those two pins and uh, so yeah I think this is gonna be a good um, looks you know it's kind of a generic but a good rotary encoder depending on your needs you know keep looking around about you know how many detents or how many pulses whether you want detents you want illuminated or not lots of rotary encoder options it's a very very popular user interface so that's the great search for rotary encoders. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with Alright, I'm gonna do a couple questions and okay. we'll bounce. That's right. Uh, question for the rotary SP. Yes. It's thoughts on a small switch so you can make the rotary switch have two functions, A and B or volume and rewind or fast forward. Um you know, I thought about it and we, we chatted about it, but we decided actually to keep it simple and it only does one thing. Where, you know, and you can always load code onto yeah. it. Yeah, one of the things they were thinking of is that allowing that functionality, but when you press it down is what you're, sele you're selecting modes, essentially. Yeah, you could do that too. I mean, like it's, it's completely programmable. Um, like Phil and I were chatting like, oh, you could do a double click or something to change modes. Um, you, know, you, could, it, you know, you could write code to detect double click. But I also, you know, and we also think about like, oh, do you want capacitive touch? But then, we, you know, the more we chatted about it, we sort of decided like, let's just have it do one thing. Okay. You know, okay. not not try to be funky. Do you make sure there's an e-car model on those, or do you make your own? It's an e-car model. I have no idea what an e-car model is, so uh. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. A mystery. Okay. I'm going to go over here. Okay. Uh, index on encoder is usually the AZ band that only has one spot in the rotation, mostly commercial. Okay. So that's a different kind of indexer. I was thinking of like a rotary potentiometer. They have, you know, they're called like, sometimes they're called indexers. Or like yeah. a little index. Was there horizontal okay. and perpendicular ones? They do. I mean, they make ones that stick out to the side. I, I happen to want one that sticks up because I want it to like plug into, you know, your laptop and then the nub. You know the knob is 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 like this. You oh. twist it up and down. ECAD, I guess. Do you do you need to make sure there's an ECAD model or do you make your own? Oh, I just make my own. They all they're all very similar, and it's that's not that complicated. They're, most most rotary encoders are about the same size. Eagle footprint, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that is everything. All right. Well, if you want feathers, uh, RP twenty forties will be gone really soon. So get them, and we increased the limit to ten. Yay! So Good go ahead time. and get them. All right. Thanks, everybody. That was my Desca Lady Ada. So keep keep tuning in. Oh, one question: Is there plans for a rotary wing? No, not yet. Um, but I'm thinking about different ideas of how. Yeah. To, I mean, it, it's the thing about rotary encoders is you have to. You, you, there's there's a significant amount of code you have to write for them, and so. 
if there was one, I'd have to make sure that every platform has yeah. code, for, you know, and I'd have to write an example. I'm, I was thinking that's when I might just say, hey, we'll make a little I squared C adapter for like two or three ordering coders in a row. Like that could be uh, kind of fun. And then uh, someone mentioned we could have named it Cutie Spy. No, because I think that's confusing. I, I, f I feel like the, the, the QT is, is, is for quick compatibility. I don't want it to make, I didn't want to make something that was too similar to STEM QT. Yeah, we say STEM and STEM QT. Yeah, because yeah. I gotta be careful because like people see a word and they think, they think, oh, that all works together. So, yeah. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're still working on the SPI stuff, but it is. Okay. All right, folks, like the root encoder for a keyboard I squared C would be cool, and chance for two encoders on Cutie Pie. Uh, you can have two encoders on a Cutie Pie. There's, there's no fins. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to just wire them up and then write the code for it, but I think All right. CircuitPython supports it. So that's it for this week. You'll uh, see us on Tuesday, JP's product pick. Wednesday, 3D Hangers with Noah and Pedro. And then you'll see us on Show and Tell, and then you'll... Uh, see us on Ask an Engineer, and then JP's Workshop, and then Deep Dive with Scott. On Thursday. All of our other videos um, that I we're going to do. Kong's Lab Notes coming out. Kong Lab Notes uh, each day during the week, and uh, and more. And more. All right, so thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for supporting Adafruit. We'll see you very soon. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night and a wonderful week. <laughs>